What up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. My name is Carl, and I'm excited to be rocking with you guys for yet another episode. Thank you for joining me today, wherever you are and however you may be listening. I have a bunch of amazing announcements, and I'm going to rattle them off really quick before I jump into the topic for today. First things first, I am doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday live broadcast at 8.15 a.m. Eastern, 7.15 Central Standard Time. That's about 7.15 p.m. Taiwan time. And if you're anywhere else around the world, you know, just Google it, find out the time. Uh, If you want to send me topics you want me to talk about, you know how to hit me up, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or you can actually call into the show through the Podbeam app at that time in the morning. Put your headphones in, call in, talk to me, chat with me, drop some knowledge for the people, or, you know, talk shit. It don't matter. Whatever you want to do, I am open to that. Um, these are new additions to my schedule that I'm amending because, you know, you guys know, one of my biggest goals and passions is to have my own daytime radio show. Or nighttime radio show. I just want to have a radio show. I want to get paid a lot more than I do now (laughs) to talk and host the show. But you know what they say. The only way to reach your goals is to, you know, start doing what you can to get there. And I was thinking, like, you know, if I want to have this type of show, I can't just be producing one episode a week. I have enough content. I have enough passion. And I have the love for what I do to do it daily. And I'm not doing it daily. It's still Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But every Tuesday, I'll still be releasing a new episode. And it's part two of the announcement. I will also be releasing a new segment to the podcast. So in addition to my Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning check-ins, you'll be getting, and this is for patrons only. So if you want to hear this content, I'll release one free episode this Saturday. And then the remaining episodes will be available for patrons only. And when I tell you these are uncut, uncensored episodes of the Black Expat Podcast. You guys know me. I'm all about positively uplifting people, blah, blah, blah. But these episodes will get down to some of the best stories I have. But they require me to say curse words and stuff. It is not that I don't curse on my podcast already, but I want to really, really get some feelings and emotions out and talk about some things that, you know, ain't for everybody. So if you like what you hear when I'm podcasting, become a patron. It costs as little as $1. You can click on it in the show's description. If you're in whatever app you're listening to, if you go to the description of this show, you'll see it. Or if you go to my uh, link tree on my Instagram, on my Twitter, on my Facebook, you can find Become a Patron and just for $1, get access to these exclusive shows. Believe me, you'll want to hear what I'm talking about. I've actually written out an entire season in addition to my Monday, Wednesday, Friday check-ins, and in addition to my weekly podcast episodes, these episodes here are going to be amazing. You don't want to miss out on that. So I definitely wanted to come back you know, strong and with a lot to do, a lot to say, and a lot to update you guys on. So you know what, creators? We have to take breaks. It's okay to take a break, even if they're not planned breaks. I mean, billionaires just went into space. You think they was in space having meetings? They had their phones out like, oh, my God, I have to talk to Cheryl. Cheryl, I need you to go to this meeting. No, no. They were on a break while they were in space. They were not doing work. They had somebody else take care of things. And I know as creators, we don't have assistance. Most of us can't afford that yet. We don't have people who are on our teams, most of us, because we do all our own editing and creating. But, you know, you can't, if you're doing everything for yourself, give yourself a break. If you had an employee, they would take the weekends off. If you had employees, they would take vacations. You need to do that for yourself, especially if you're like me and like many other creators out there. This is not your only job, right? Until this becomes your full-time job, you have a full-time job. You have a full-time girlfriend or boyfriend or both. You have kids, right? You have a lot of things going on. So breaks are necessary. But those are two really big announcements I had. The second one is, y'all, I found my dream job, a job that allows me to do this much podcasting and 
work in a field that I absolutely love. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet until I officially start, officially sign my contract, though. But uh, I will say it took a lot of hard work, a lot of grinding. Shout out to the Black Travel Alliance. That is how I found the job. If you guys aren't a part of that network, please join that network. It is amazing and has a lot of great resources for everyone. Uh, So make sure you check out Black Travel Alliance. It is an amazing free company for you to be a part of. And they do a great job of getting content and information out of there, right? So three big announcements for me. Uh, Two new podcast segments. Check me out Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at 8.15 a.m. Eastern for my Monday, Wednesday, Friday check-ins. I'll be dropping new new episodes each week on Sunday and or Tuesday. In addition, I will be releasing uh, my brand new series, my brand new segment, in addition to my podcast channel. The first episode will be free, but the remainder of them you will have to subscribe and become a patron to have access to. So make sure you become a patron if you are not already. Again, for just $1 to support me doing these every Saturday night while I have a few adult beverages <laughs> and hit you guys with some amazing stories. And I'll be giving away some free stuff. You know me, love to give away stuff for free when I have it. And I definitely have a prize package that I still, that's still in my bag that I have to give away. But what am I talking about today? As you guys know, I'm back in America. You may or may not know that. Depends on how much you follow me and how much you pay attention. I'm back in America. And I'm going to have a whole podcast about that later. But today I want to talk about privilege, right? Why do I say that? Now, remember, when I was in Taiwan for the past year, up until April 30th when I left Taiwan, it was pretty much open. Taiwan did a great job handling the pandemic, an absolutely amazing job handling the pandemic, right? So after about four or five months of everyone in Taiwan freaking out, uh, Taiwan went back to being open as usual, right? While America was, you know, struggling uh, with a lot of different things and not just America, countries all over the world were struggling with it, right? Taiwan did a great job at the beginning of handling things. Two weeks after I got back though, huge outbreak happened, right? So hundreds of people started contracting the virus. Taiwan shut it all down, right? So it went from this great metropolis and place to be to everything being shut down and life not going on as usual schools being shut down people not going to work a lot of online classes a lot of uncertainty about when things would open up because the covid is unpredictable as we all know by by now after almost two years of having to deal with it right um and it's interesting because you know when i came back this is before it happened so i feel like i left right before it happened so i wasn't coming back because of the outbreak, I was coming back because of COVID and what it did to my bar business that I had over there for two years, right? Terrible things to it, as you all guys already know. But I came back and the first thing I did was, well, not the first thing, got off the plane. I had some chicken. I'm not going to lie. I had some good fried chicken, not Kentucky fried. I had some chicken. I forgot what it was from. I was really jet lagged, y'all, but it was delicious food nonetheless. But, you know, after a couple of days, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get vaccinated. And for those of you guys who are vaccinated, and if you're not vaccinated, if you don't want to get vaccinated, your choice, I don't really care. Everyone has the freedom to do whatever they want to do with their bodies. But there are some strong cases now, especially after millions of people have gotten it, that as to why to get vaccinated. But again, I respect everybody's choice and opinion on whether or not they should or shouldn't get vaccinated. I don't want to get into that debate. I had a very different opinion when uh, vaccines first came out versus now. Um, you know, I, I was one of those wait and see kind of people, but also I wasn't in a place where vaccines were readily available, right? They weren't available in Taiwan. So I couldn't get it even if I had wanted to. I would have to fly back home to get it. But when I got off the plane, that's the first thing I did. After, you know, eating and sleeping and catching up and, you know, h- hugging family and all that, that's the first thing I did. I was like, I have to, I want to get vaccinated, right? And I did. And it was fairly easy. 
I walked into CVS, had a black doctor, which was very, very good. He was like, hey, man. So, hey, man, what's up? So, I like your shirt. What's the Black Expat Podcast? Told him about it. He pinched me an arm. Then he no longer cared after that. He was like, all right, I've serviced you with your first Pfizer vaccine. Get on out the way. I got other people I need to put this shot into. Right? But I, I did. I got the shot. And, you know, and it, and it was great. Right? It was great. It was what I wanted to do and helped me feel safe. I wanted to go back and see my family. My entire family was vaccinated. And, you know, they're all... Uh, well, not all. Well, some of them are like, you know, high risk. So I want to make sure that if I'm around my family, if I'm going to be out here in these streets making money, podcasting, talking to people, you know, or just being around others, that I was safe for my family. That was my choice, my decision. That's what I wanted to do. And I didn't really think anything of it because I got vaccinated before the outbreak in Taiwan happened. Now, what I will say is Taiwan did a great job of prevention, right, and managing it. Once the coronavirus started to become an outbreak, they really did a really good job of protecting their people, putting laws and rules in place to make sure that they're prevent as much as they could a big outbreak from happening. They were successful for a year's time. And it's interesting now because, you know, then when when uh when the shots were available, no one in Taiwan was thinking about the vaccine, right? Was thinking about getting it. They were like, I don't won't leave Taiwan until it's safe to go out. They were like out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Like, oh we don't need vaccines. We're Taiwan, we're doing great. Not to say that they were thinking that way, but it just was a reality of the situation that was going on in Taiwan. Um but then as soon as the outbreak happened, it was like pandemonium, right? It's like, oh, my God, we need to get vaccinated, right? And it wasn't. And, you know, for me, I was talking to a friend about this the other day. And it's like, you know, why when they were doing so well, wasn't the vac- wasn't getting vac- vaccines, you know, a top priority? Like, yeah, we're doing well, but to prevent an outbreak happening, to make sure that we're all prepared, let's get vaccines to our people. And I know there's a bunch of legal loopholes that Taiwan had to to go through to get vaccines, and I know that, and I don't want to get into that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, just informing people about the the effectiveness and not just Taiwanese people, but the entire Taiwan population of Taiwan about it, it wasn't something that was being done. And I know that because I was there up until April 30th. Like, we would talk about it because I was closely tied to it being an American, and I had American friends there, and I had family that were, you know, discussing getting vaccinated. You know, my little sister and all that were just having conversations about it. But it wasn't something that was talked about in Taiwan as much, you know, because it was relatively safe there. It was business as usual. Everything was open. Uh, we were, you know, they were barely getting the case a day, and all the cases were imported, not people who were actually living in Taiwan. So, I mean, there was, there was not that much cause for concern until the outbreak happened. And that's where the privilege comes in. You know, I thought about it. Like when the outbreak happened, it was close to summertime. So a lot of teachers, you know, our contracts run up until the end of June. Uh, and then we take, you know, three months vacation. Sorry. And some some, in, some end in the end of May, uh, some end at the beginning of May. It just depends. But mo- for the most part, our summers are free as educators and they're paid. So we can then go on, go on vacation. But when the outbreak happened, it was so interesting, you know, what happened and how everything kind of spiraled after that. Why? It was interesting, you asked. Because, you know, a bunch of Americans were like, I am about to go home and get this vaccine. Oh. Oh, really? <laughs> and, you know, and, and why is that a privilege, right? The, the fact that we can, as expats, no matter where we live and what country you come from, specifically in this case, it's like, yeah, I live in Taiwan, it's my home. But when shit hits the fan, I can go back to my, my first home. Out of sight, out of mind, right? I can go back. And even if they're just going back to get a shot, there's so much privilege, right? And being able to just go back to whatever country you're from where resources you need are available and get what you need. That's, that's a privilege that not everyone has. And even some of the rich Taiwanese people, that's what they were doing as well. They were like, hey, America has these vaccines. It's super easy to get. You can land, walk into a Walgreens 
or a CVS or a hospital and get it. Like flights became extremely expensive. People were packing up and coming back to America to get vaccinated. So one is privilege on being an expatriate and being able to do that. And two is privilege on, you know, just having the money and the resources to be able to say, you know what, I need this. I can leave this country and come back. It's a great country to to live in, but not right now. I'm going to go to America, get vaccinated, get the vaccine for a month. Because again, I got my first vaccine and and I didn't get my next one until about 21 days later. Right. So it takes about a month to get to be fully vaccinated. That's a hell of a lot of privilege and what you can do. And, you know, you don't really think about it. And I know for me, I I thought about it in the perspective of, man, I had an amazing privilege to be able to stay in the country when the when coronavirus first came out. Right. I was so privileged to be able to stay in a country where they had done a great job of handling it. My life didn't change that much. It was effective for about a month outside of, you know, the bar and the business doing terrible and losing a whole bunch of money outside of that. Right. Outside of that. Say I did not own a bar. I did not have a business there. Right. It was terrible for bar business. But socially. Right. The things that matter most outside of money, things that matter most. Were they able to exercise and go to the gym every day? Yes. Eat out with friends? Yes. Celebrate birthdays? Yes. Go out and walk around in parks? Yes. Shake hands with people. I don't really do that anyway, but I could do it at that time when I was in Taiwan. Right. Go traveling within the island. Yes. Without being scared and fear, you know, and, and fear that everyone around me has the coronavirus. I was able to do that. And as an expatriate, I was able to live in that country benefit from that country's resources at the time, which was essentially doing a good job of maintaining the pandemic, all while still maintaining the option and the privilege of being able to go back to America and get vaccinated should I so choose. But I didn't so choose because there wasn't a handle on the vaccination until, you know, January, February. Now, I don't know why exactly that may be, (laughs) but it seems like January, February, March is when everything kind of settled down and people started making sense again. I don't know why that may be. We can look back on history and say, you know, what big event happened in January 2020, 2021 that may have shifted things in one direction or the other. Again, I don't know. Just saying. But yeah, I mean, and then the flip side is that, you know, when Taiwan faced grave danger, I'm just thinking like, if I was in Taiwan, what would my reaction have been? But I, would it be like the fight or flight thing? Like, oh, well, (laughs) sucks for y'all, Taiwan. I'm about to get on this plane and go back home and get vaccinated and kick it with my family. Right, that that's that's such an enormous privilege to be able to say that, and I think as expatriates, and I'm not just talking about not Americans living abroad, even Taiwanese living in America, right? It's the same thing. It's like, oh, I can get vaccinated, and if something something hits the fan, I can go back to Taiwan fully vaccinated and get jobs because I'm fully vaccinated, right? And right now, there's so many things, it's, and the privilege and the roles kind of got switched. Whereas, I want you guys to think about this, right? So in Taiwan, as a teacher or in many different fields, because you are a foreigner living there, um, your salary is usually higher, whether you work for a company that pays you in U.S. dollars and the value of the dollar is higher than that of the Taiwanese dollar, uh, Taiwanese dollar, obviously. So if you get an American salary living in Taiwan, you balling. Like, even if you're making $3,000, you're still making more than majority of the population, <laughs> right? Like, that's more than a teacher's salary, which when we get paid more than, most of us get paid more than the Taiwanese, our Taiwanese counterparts, right? So, you're balling, right? And then if you're a teacher, you get paid more just because you're a foreign teacher and how much it takes you to get there. I've went through several podcasts talking about money and how it translates in, uh, and, and understanding that. So if you want me to talk more about that, let me know, but I've covered it before. I don't want to get into that, right? But the, the road's kind of switched now because now in Taiwan, there's this big outbreak 
And they didn't have a steady supply of vaccines. We know the vaccines are coming out. But, you know, in the same way they're doing, they're copying similarly to what America did with who gets it first. You start with the elderly, you know, military personnel, people who work in hospitals, and then teachers, right? But the difference is, you know, when I came here to America, everything made sense to me. Why? It was all in my native language. I can research what I wanted to research. And people who were talking to me were speaking in the same language as me. And everything was very clear. America is also huge. Right. It's ginormous. And every city was different. I just happened to land in a city, Austin, where they had everything together. Right. But it also I didn't land. I wasn't doing this back in January when the program first ran out, ran out. I was here after all that. But now in Taiwan, I can just imagine because I've been living there what it is like now being in Taiwan as a foreigner and having to get all your information processed down to you. Remember, I worked in administration. So when the coronavirus first came out, I was still in administration at the school. And I saw the plans and the many meetings that they were going through and the many scenarios that they were processing. It was crazy. If X happens, then B, C, D has to happen. If Y happens, then X, Y, Z has to happen. If A, B, C, D, but if A, B, C, D happens, and it was so many different scenarios I had to prepare for because there were so many moving parts. And I'm just talking about teaching. So many moving parts. And the bigger thing is, the biggest thing is, the language barrier, right? Like I know there are American networks and places where you can get information from, but oftentimes in Taiwan, even if you're not getting like important information like this, it's not, sometimes it's not accurate. Sometimes it's not the best. Sometimes they give you pieces, bits and pieces of it. And sometimes you'll read about something or someone will say something online or on the news even, or on like a trusted channel or a trusted podcast that you trust. Then you go into the hospital and it's like, nah, we ain't got that no more. But it's in Chinese. I could just imagine the frenzy. Everybody's worried about contracting the virus, right? And people panic more. And I can, I'm, I think this is fair to say, people panic more in Taiwan than they did here in America. Population-wise, right? All things. There's a lot more panic and uncertainty and fear because they went through this before with SARS. So the fear is justified. Even if they didn't go through that, the fear is justified. You don't want to get sick. You don't want to get the virus. You don't want to take it home to your family. You don't. You don't want to be responsible for anyone dying. But just like the like the little things that we that the information I have to get passed down, it's still filtered. And oftentimes it's not filtered through a native speaker. So I could just imagine being there and I'm I, I'm on all the, the boards and like the and Facebook groups. And I see what people are posting, the questions that they're asking. They're like, hey, schools are now saying we can't come back to teach in person until we're vaccinated. But there are not enough vaccines for us to get vaccinated. And we're not in the on the front lines, even though we are teachers, to get vaccinated because I don't reach the age threshold, or it's back ordered where I am, or I don't have access to it, or I go in there, I don't have anybody to help me speak Chinese. It's tough. It's tough. So the privilege kind of got reversed, right? As an expat living there, when you first get there, if there's no problem, excellent. But then when, when shit hits the fan, that privilege is gone. Now it's like, oh my God, how do I survive this? How do I get through this? I need help. I need you guys. I need my Taiwan Pungyos to help me out, right? I need, I need, right? I'm in need now and I'm panicking. So like in that moment when, when the privilege or the roles are reversed, is it fight or flight? Do you return home? Do you return home and stay home? And it really makes you question. It really makes you think as an expat, how much you really love being where you want to live. And I said this in a podcast when the coronavirus first happened, I said through this so far, when it came out and it was in China and Foreigners were in Taiwan thinking that it was going to spread to, you know, it was going to spread to America. Uh, sorry, it was spread to Taiwan. They were like, "Nope, I'm not risking it. I'm out. I'm going 
back to my home country, whether it was Spain, whether it's America. I was like, nope, it's in Asia. It's this Asia thing. People were saying this, literally saying this. I'm going back home. I'm going to wherever I came from, right? Uh, yeah, right? And, you know, you don't really get that privilege, right? Like that, my, I, I can't, I'm sorry, I just got to get mixed up for a second. But yeah, like that's, that's a complete role reversal. And I said this, I said, you know, back then when it happened, people were like, oh yeah, flight or flight. That's what I wanted to say. I'm sorry. It was a test of how much you really felt like Taiwan was your home and how long you could be committed to staying. Because again, when everything is going well, of course it makes sense to stay. Of course you feel good. And I also want to keep in perspective that the coronavirus itself did have a huge mental impact on us because for a lot of us, if you didn't, if you didn't start a family in Taiwan, your family, you started to really think about family, not just because you missed them, not just because you want to be around them, but because, you know, coronavirus was killing people. You were scared. You were worried. Like, what if that was the last time I saw my, you know, my cousins? I don't want that to be the last time. Any, I want to be around them during this crazy time. So on one end, it's like, I just want to be around family right now because who knows what's going on. But also, but at the same time, it still is a test of, all right, how committed are you to being an expat? Are you just a tourist taking advantage of the country that you're living in? Or are you truly an expat? Now, I know there's there's layers to that, many, many different layers to that. But it was something to think about. Many people, as soon as, soon as there was any bit of, oh, it's uncomfortable here now, oop, going back home. Can't do it. Man, the privilege in being able to do that. I'm uncomfortable here. I'm going to pack up and go. <laughs> Immediately. Without without even thinking about it. Yep. Uh, I know my contract isn't up until August, but coronavirus is real close to Taiwan, and I don't know where, where the wind's going to blow left or right and get on me. I am out. Man, that privilege crazy. Because a lot of people may not have been able to afford to do that. Like, no, I came to Taiwan to save and build money. I have to stay here. But then, you know what I mean? So, like, man, the hell of a privilege in being able to say that. Like I said, it was, it really... The experience itself really not, and I, I don't want to say it like, all right, it tested you to see if you really were committed to be an expat. Not necessarily in that in that manner of thinking, but it really just put everything in perspective about what you as an expat want for the rest of your life. How do you want to spend the rest of your life? Because things are going to go bad, or sorry, not go bad, but not go the way that you planned, no matter where you live. How much are you willing to endure? How committed to you, to your experience as it is, and even if things change, how committed to are you to that experience? And what do you want for the rest of your life? What kind of lifestyle do you want to live? Because when you take away all the perks and you're just living there, is that enough? Right? And I say that because I lived in Taiwan for 10 years. Friends came and went. Good friends. Friends I'll have for the rest of my life. I'm godparents to a woman, Lacey, shout out to you, Lacey, that I met in Taiwan at a club. Not we weren't clubbing, but it was like she was there and she was really cool. We had a good conversation. We all became good friends, right? I've seen friends and people come and go. I've had relationships come and go, but I stayed, right? I was able to go back to see family, so I stayed. I was committed to the, I enjoyed the life and the lifestyle. And even when the outbreak happened, I was comfortable. I was happy. The only outlier, and again, whenever there's a serious, you know, something as serious as this happening on a global scale is family. And I think if you ask most people, most, because some people are like, I don't care about my family. They'll be all right. I've been away for this long. I don't care. Most people will always, always say, yeah, if some 
it, it all depends on family. And that is okay to say. But if you take that away, right, if you take away all the perks and everything, can you deal with, you know, the reality of what it means to be an expat? And a lot of times, some expats that I've met, you know, we spend so much time in a place that we, that's, you know, we don't really take, we don't have time to process and take a step back to what that means for the rest of your life. Like, how are you building? How are you preparing and planning for the rest of your life? What are you preparing to do for the rest? How is your expat experience preparing you for the rest of your life? That's something I focused on a lot when I was in management as a director. Why? Because I said, you know what? All of you aren't going to maybe stay. Because again, when I was in Taiwan, I was like, I want to live here forever. I'm going to go back during the summers to be with my family, spend three months with them consecutively. Because I've always said, like, hey, if I was living back home in Chicago, I probably wouldn't live in Chicago. I probably have to go back and visit them anyway. I, I prefer being able to go back and visit and not have to worry about anything and just be there, be around them. Right. And the summertime is when all their birthdays are anyway, except mine and my mama's. And I can fly back for Christmas too if I wanted to, depending on the job that I have. Right. But I want to make sure, like, you know what? I want to spend three consecutive months of every day is just all family sisters, nephews, mother, grandma, all that. That's the lifestyle of all I knew that I wanted. But not everybody wanted that. Some people were only going to be there for a year or two or three to pay off student loans or just to have fun or just to travel or whatever. But the experiences you have matter. So I said, you know what, as a director, whatever you your passion is, I'm going to create that for you. I'm going to help you create that in a way that you can take this back to your states or wherever you end up going next and use it to help propel you forward. That was important to me because I know that's what I wanted, I needed, and what, what drove me because I was getting leadership and management experience that others weren't getting. But like I said, the pri- there's so much privilege to the things that were going on and how people were dealing with it. And I want to make this episode called, you know, the, the privileged expat, because one of the things that I said, and it was just amazing to me, was how, again, my even my, speaking for myself, I was able to get off a plane, get vaccinated, and then pick up and go wherever I want to go. Right? I can do, I had I had the choice, the privilege, choice, still a privilege, to choose between I'm vaccinated now, so do I want to stay in America? Or do I want to go back to Taiwan? Like, how, how, how do you process that as an expat, right? And the thing is, like, so here's some things that were also going on in Taiwan when the, when, the, when the coronavirus got really bad and the outbreak started happening. How it affected us financially, how it affected teachers financially, right? So you already know how the bar went, lost hella money. But for teachers financially, like, really, really think about it. In Taiwan, for some schools, it's you get paid hourly. And if you don't work, you don't get paid. Literally. So when schools shut down and teachers weren't working, it was like, where does money come from? And most of these, some schools are private schools or bushy bonds. They weren't opening. Kids weren't paying to be there. So they didn't have any money to pay the teachers. So it's like, oh, is it a mass? And the thing is, you know, eventually, know and hope, eventually things will go back to normal. You can't just get rid of all your teachers. Because as we saw when Taiwan, when the coronavirus, when the pandemic first happened, things got better within a month. And if you want to open back up, you want to have your own business again, you want to have this bushy banner at the school, you can't have no teachers. You can't have no foreign teachers. So, I mean, it was it was crazy how everything happened and how, you know, and being on both sides of it, right? I saw Taiwan when it was doing well and it was doing great and everything was going fine. Then I also saw it when it wasn't, right? But I wasn't there for when it wasn't. I was there at the beginning part, but not the back end part when they needed vaccines and all that. Uh, but you know, it's just it's it's an interesting 
way to look at how everything kind of transpired and how everything worked out. And I want to talk about privilege because I do think there is a lot of privilege in what we were able to do, a lot, what a lot of people. Out of sight, out of mind. Oh, glad I'm not in Taiwan. No, God, I, I left at the right time. Like, no. Like, is that, I know it's not okay. We know that's not okay. But like, man, the privilege in being able to do that, because a lot of other countries could not, and people in, around the world could not and cannot do that. They do not have that privilege of being able to do that. They have to stick it out where they are and make it work. But as expats living in different countries around the world, we have the privilege to be able to do just that. Ain't that ain't that crazy? When you think about it, like it's 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 absolutely insane. I have a lot of other opinions on, uh, you know, on back on the way that the process are handled and all that, but I don't want to get into that. I just want to examine, like, step back and think about it. Right? Even if you're currently in Taiwan now, or if you're anywhere around the world, like, what privileges and how do how did some of us as expats benefit from where we live? No matter where you live in the world, how processes were handled there, your access to things, and how you had the choice to b- bounce around versus others who don't have that choice. So being an expat is amazing. It's also an, a really, really big privilege. And even if you break it, break it down to its most basic level, not every person who wants to go and teach abroad can afford that plane ticket to make it to teach abroad. I always tell the story of I wouldn't have made it here without my granny. She bought my flight, my flight ticket, my first flight to Taiwan. She bought it. I didn't have the money to do it because I was right out of college during a recession. No one was hiring, hard to get a job. Social media and technology wasn't what it, what it was. It was hard to do that. So it's a privilege to be able to even make it to be an expat to teach or to work in another country. Some people get, you know, they get they get it through their job and their job pays for them to go. But not everybody can have has that path. Not everybody has a grandma that can buy them a ticket either. Or has the passion or the, I don't know, crazy enough to just, you know what, I'm just gonna wing it like I did. When I get there, I'll figure it all out. I'll make it work. I had a whole car note I had to still pay. Cause I didn't know how long I was gonna be here. But man, the privilege in that too. So yeah, I mean, it's a lot. But thank you guys for rocking with me today. I am going to be covering my experience being back in America on my next podcast next week. I hope you guys check that out. I hope everybody's doing well back in my second home, Taiwan, back here in America as well. It's crazy everywhere. There's Delta variants and all this kind of stuff going on around here. Hope everybody just stays safe, stays positive, uh, and live your best life. Remember, creators and anybody, creator or non-creator, person that just works hard, which we all do. It's okay to take a break. Billionaires do not have meetings in space. (laughs) They don't. And if they do, more power to them. But I'm quite sure the Wi-Fi signal is shitty up there for your T-Mobile phone. Sponsor me. But thank you guys for tuning in and rocking with me for another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. My name is Carl. Y'all know what time it is. I'm out, chip.